0: Oh uh-huh. evening blazers fans you are listening to rose city colored glasses a portland trail blazers podcast i am your host will and with me as always is my co-host seth say hello seth
1: hey how's it going everybody
0: um and tonight you know it's been uh you know we had pretty slow news week until until, like what i don't know two hours hours ago ago. (laughs) uh So, tonight we're going to go over some of the power ranking stuff, and then there's been just a couple, you know, small things that happened in the league in the last
1: week. Just a trading of all-star point guards. Just no big deal. (laughs) For the two people not named Will, uh, this evening I am drinking the lovely Rip City Lager from Deschutes Brewery. This is a completely uh, uh, free advertisement, uh, but it is delicious and I'm a big fan. And hey, Deschutes Brewery, Hometown Brewery, man.
0: There you go. Yeah. Both both Seth and I spent a good deal of our childhoods living
1: in bed. So ah, yes, uh, indeed. So good times. But yeah, that's a nice lager that they made.
0: Yeah, I saw it at the store. I saw it at the store up here in Seattle and I was like, oh yeah. And like I don't, you know, I don't drink like full of beer anymore. But I was like, oh, maybe I should get one of those and I like kept put it up for old time's sake. And I'm like, no, no
1: now it's just asking it to be like an emergency beer on a bad day or yeah or it'll just sit in my in my fridge until
0: you come over or something like that so I mean (laughs) and then it'll be then it won't be as good because who knows how long it would sit there so uh tonight let's talk about the blazers in the news Uh, oh yeah I wish I had a drop for that but I don't um so the blazers you know they made some pretty big moves in the offseason you know, we got Robert Covington. You know we got Rodney Hood and Carmelo back, and Derek st- Jones, Harry Giles. Yeah, we got we got a, uh, a a a sort of not a completely rebuilt team, but like a retooled team. I think it would be a fair way to put it.
1: I still say the getting Ennis Cantor and dropping Mario Hozonia. Yes, the Robert Covington and the Derek Jones Jr. are probably going to come down as the best. Like moves to make us better, but getting Ennis Cantor and getting rid of Mario Hazonia in the same stroke. And I don't mean to pick on the man, he just wasn't that good at basketball. And I think we talked about this last episode. Oh, yeah,
0: we talked quite a bit about uh, by our, our quite good friend a bit. Mario, Super but Mario. I'm still
1: going to say, like, Ennis Cantor and getting rid of Mario Hazonia, so nice
0: yeah to to use like baseball terminology terminology like like your trade like that gives you whatever ns canner's positive value is on the win chart um plus whatever mario hozonia's negative value is like i think it's a pretty solid solid trade so but because all the moves uh, have happened you know the the offseason sort of shaking out we're starting to see the trickle of power rankings projections uh all those, you know, the, the hot take articles, you know, some of them are, you know, the, the Pelton one, the ESPN RPM is based on real plus minus, which is just, uh, it's a good Vegas stat. I'd say it's a good Vegas stat.
1: But- and stats in basketball are hard, at least the advanced kind of stats that we've grown accustomed to in baseball. Um, they're better than they were. They're totally better than they were. They're, but a lot of the information that you glean in uh, all sports that you base all of these, you know, statistical, uh, what is the word? Uh, metrics. Metrics. Thank you. I have brain-freezed on metrics. Uh, they're counting stats. And in baseball, when it's one-on-one, essentially, pitcher versus batter, and we can get into defensive shift and all that, and I'm speaking in massive generalities, That works, but with basketball, and I'm not saying stats can't be done. They've got them. They're not going to be as predictive, I think, as stuff in baseball because that guy didn't get that rebound because he boxed out that opposing player so his teammate got the rebound, and that might be the thing. Uh, My example that I will cite is Marcus Camby from back in the day. Marcus Camby could get rebounds there's no question that Marcus Camby could get rebounds but Marcus Camby did this thing and you only knew it if you watched him a lot where he did what I called at the time an assisted rebound the guy got his hands on everything and was able to like deflect it to a teammate almost to a perverse level like he had to have practiced this or it just was an innate skill. It's just old guy. It's like, this is a guy who's been in
0: the league for, you know, just like decades. And so he but just knows where the basketball. His...
1: What? Oh, well, no, no. Yeah. He's been in the league for decades at that point, but I can't say I ever saw another player since I came back to the NBA. Do it as effectively as he did to where I was. I, I sat up and took notice. Yeah, sure. You get a deflection. It goes to your teammate. Everybody has it. But this was like it was on purpose and he wouldn't be charged. He wouldn't be counted as a rebound, but it happened enough that it looked intentional and affected the game. The, the only
0: other guy that did that is uh, Stephen Adams Aquaman when uh, Russ Westbrook was on that team. Because he oh, was sort yeah. of in charge of making sure that Russ got his
1: triple double every night, and well, so he... yeah, and he probably got an envelope of money on in, in international waters for it. But you know, hey, I'm not judging Stephen Adams from getting paid.
0: Look, if there's one guy that should get paid in, in uh, international waters, it's
1: Aquaman. You know? Yes. Uh, Poor man's Aquaman. I love that man. He's so cool. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, tell the story about when you tried to one uh, tried to buy him a drink. Uh they said no because they had just lost.
0: Um, we'll tell it another time. But, uh, okay.
1: <laughs> uh uh Jeremy
0: Grant, the other guy in the bar that night, had just he got paid quite nicely this last season, so good for yes, him. Yes, he did. Uh, so anyway, so projections, power rankings, all that
1: stuff's coming out now, and, and we're just gonna go through some of it. Um, David Aldridge, I found, yeah. I have the David Aldridge one. I read that and I read the Helton one. Did you find any others?
0: I found a couple. Uh, some of them were like the NBA.com one. So anyways, I'll just go through them real quick. Uh, the David right. Alters on, from the Athletic, he gave the Blazers the second best offseason, which is, you know, that's grading on a curve. Like who had the better off season? You know, if you go from, you know, the Lakers did not have the best off season, even though they went from the best team to a marginally better the best team. Basically, yeah. in most people's estimation, you still can't say they had the best
1: off season because, like, they didn't have that much room to grow. No, so, they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The only way you make that team better is finding a way to put Giannis on it.
0: Yeah, well, and yeah, probably, they'll figure that out if they can, and I hope they don't. Uh, so, me too. You know, the Blazers had the second best off season. Not a huge surprise. The uh, Blazers have got a lot of credit for uh, how well they how well they operated uh, with you know limited with a limited budget this off season, they went out and got, uh, got better. So that's a big deal. Uh, then the NBA.com power rate rankings by Kyle Irving had us, uh, eighth overall fourth in the West coming in 41 and 31, which, you know, that's, I, that's actually higher than,
1: than I have the team, uh, lower than you, because, uh, because I was not thinking, uh, also, I want to add one caveat to my 51 wins. One. One caveat. One caveat. If in some way the Golden State Warriors get James Harden, I would like to repick my number. Even if it is at the trade deadline. That's... Hmm. I, if, if they sign James Harden, I, I, I think I'm allowed to redo... <laughs>
0: I think everybody's allowed to redo if, if, if this, something like that happens and that that's complicated. We'll talk about hard later, but he's, he's a, he's a, a he is a, a square shaped peg. Uh, I think for a lot of teams, um, he's just, he's a, again, fantastic player, but he doesn't fit in every system and you know, no. Uh, so anyways, that was the uh, NBA.com Zach Harper from the athletic. And this was just after draft day. So it's a, it's a little older, has the Blazers at 11th overall, fifth in the West in his power rankings. Um, and then finally, the one we were sort of alluding to, ESPN's real plus minus uh, Kevin Pelton has the Blazers ninth in the West at 39 and a half wins. Now, this may seem like a blatant insult to our our, uh, our lovely Portland Trail Blazers, but, and as he points out in the article, uh, you know, the Blazers, you know, he has them at, Uh, no, 38.2 wins, sorry. And the the second team is the Clippers at 41.7 wins. And, you know, the way the RPM is, is they take the real plus minus and they simulate
1: the season like a thousand times or something. So 10,000, as he said in the article, and he added some subjective rankings in that too, about minutes for players and things like that. But his methodology and it's Kevin Pelton, he's been doing it for a while. He was a trailblazer for a bit there. Um, and was our uh, salary cap guru for the longest time. Um, I I think his methodology is sound. I don't think there's a problem with the methodology. And I I think that he probably is being conservative on the Blazers saying, and he said in the article that the Blazers are probably going to pass one of the teams ahead of them. They just don't know which one. I, I think that's pretty conservative. I think they'll probably pass three or four um even with my 51 wins and all of that blah 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 i i I think that uh where they like nba.com and zach harper have it about right at four or five um i think they could get up to two um not one uh unless something really weird happens in la yeah i think that like key is is finding
0: seeing how everybody looks when they play together and and staying healthy and all that stuff that they just can't you can't put into a projection like this and you know you can't who knows what you know we don't even know like what does the jazz adding Derek favors again do like does that do anything i don't know like i don't know so i and mean the real plus people minus, always column inches on it and get paid to do it god bless them uh hey we're making a podcast about it so you know we can't yeah. say, say much bad about it but anyways it's just it's interesting. We'll see how it goes. You know, I think you know. Well, you're, uh you're feeling feeling pretty lucky with yours, as you you had them with more average. You had the Blazers with more wins than they the Lakers are expected to get uh, by RPM. Yeah,
1: yeah. You should. I sir- mean, hey, if uh, things roll in a weird way, uh, I may have been. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stand by it because I said it. I, I'm not <laughs> going to change what I said and be like, oh, no, I so never good. said that. Uh, you gave me ample times to change it. I didn't. Uh, I have had I've since had some time to reflect on it. Do I think they could still do it? Sure. If I was being objective and betting on it, I'd take the under now, but could they do it? Yeah. Um, that would give them a, I said 51, it's a 72 game season. They go 51 and 21. Um, which is a ridiculous rate, and I know it doesn't translate exactly to eighty-two games, but the Blazers have, uh, in since we've watched, they've won fifty-three in fifty-four games. Uh, yeah, you know, they won fifty-three. Uh, what? Last or last season, two thousand nineteen or the eighteen-nineteen season. Yeah, um, that's not outside the realm of possibility that they pull it off. And this is a better roster than that one, too, to be fair. It is. Well, they, and they we do got... have
0: 10 less games to do it in, though.
1: Yes, there is that. And there's also, uh, you and I have talked about this off mic multiple times. We may have mentioned it last episode. Blazers do have a really good home court advantage. Better than a lot of other teams. Like, we play really well at home. But there's nobody in the stands.
0: Yeah, we'll they're, we'll see how that plays out. You know. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I you can't. The, it could they, be fine. It could be terrible. I don't know. But they're you can't go. Oh, they're going to be a great home team this year. Yeah, but they were also great in the bubble. So, like, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll. we'll have I mean, to what does eight games in the bubble mean? Like, you're I, right. They were you're right.
0: What um, does eight games in the bubble mean? Is I mean,
1: the Phoenix Suns didn't lose in the bubble. Yeah. Granted, Booker's awesome. Uh, but And they now have Chris Paul, which is scary. It's just weird, man. Uh, It's just weird. There were so many moves. And uh, the podcast that you love that I can't stand spent two hours and 46 minutes talking about all the moves today. There were a lot of moves. There were a lot of moves. Uh, Not trying to, you know throw those guys into the bus or anything it's just a matter of taste
0: it was a um, lot of moves and they were they, lo- they were unable to like keep track of them all like that i think that this is round ball rock the title of the podcast was
1: we don't even know who's on the pistons anymore and like i don't um, know who's on the pistons like i mean i i think you'd be hard pressed no i could have told you it was on the pistons last season i mean blake griffin's still on the pistons right That's kind of the only thing I have to hang my hat on. I couldn't tell you if he's healthy or not, though, because he's he's rarely healthy. I love Blake. I feel like it's so funny, like the guys from that draft and like a draft before that and stuff. I mean, and even Dame and CJ to a lesser extent. I think this is just the whole thing of us getting older. Man, 2010 doesn't seem that long ago. 2009 doesn't seem that long ago. That's when John Wall was drafted, 2010.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about John Wall in a second. Um, yeah, I, no, I don't mean to. Yeah, oh yeah, no, 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 no that's great. But yeah, but just, yeah, it seems like just he's a, a
1: 10 year vet now, and it's like, wait, wasn't he just a rookie not too long ago?
0: Well, and Walls had like a a, a series of injuries. I mean, he hasn't played in the league for over a year at this point. Two, two, two years. years. Okay, so he's yeah. he's been he's had a real rough road. So it's really easy to
1: have like a rested development in your mind about it kind of like that but I mean it's kind of I mean I not the same injuries but it feels a little bit like what Derrick Rose went through too I Derrick Rose was on his way to being Russell Westbrook and LeBron James had a baby and then he got hurt and then he got hurt again I think he got hurt again after that and now he's really good he's a great rotation player but he's not He's not MVP level material. Not the MVP, he's not that, the MVP that he was. No. Yeah. And that sucks because he was really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. we got off topic. And yeah, it, but... No,
0: that's fine. This is a great segue for us to talk about actual games being played. Yes. Um, by the time that you're listening to this, it's a chance that there's like a week before uh the Blazer basketball. But Blazer basketball is going to be on television. Uh, Friday, December 11th, they'll have the first preseason game on ESPN uh, against Sacramento. They've got uh, two different games against Sacramento on Friday and Sunday, December 11th and 13th. And then the next Wednesday and Friday, they have two games against Denver. I think that that's the only preseason games. I understand that why they're being limited with this stuff. But, you know, then, you know, games start. Yeah, you know, just just in a couple of weeks, so it's coming up quick. We're not going to get through any of our slow news day stuff because it just hasn't been available. It's really sad. We were going to talk about trading CJ and things like that. Come on, come on, uh, basketball, slow down a little bit.
1: Uh, I, 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 we might have to shelf, uh the trade CJ until January. I, you know, it's it's fine. It's just it's one of
0: those we have look, peek behind the curtain to our our listener uh, singular for now. Um, one of the things that we have noticed as Blazers fans is you can usually kind of tell what kind of Blazer fan you're talking to by um, whether or not without being asked, they tell you how much they want to trade CJ within the first 20 minutes of talking to
1: them about the Blazers. They're a very interesting group, but they are, uh, we're, we're thinking of the same person.
0: Well, I mean, there was we... the bartender at the, at that one
1: bar that really went yeah. for it. Do we really? really? No, we were at Kingston. Oh, Kingston! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingston, uh, Kingston Bar and Grill on Burnside, West Burnside, in downtown Portland. Don't know uh, if they're actually open because COVID. But yeah, I mean, they, they are. They're a really fun bar. Try to get takeout from there and try to support local business. All that fun jazz. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, he was very adamant of trading CJ and. Uh, Just given the key CJ keys to Anthony Simons, which they tried to do the following year and it did not work out. It did not work out at all. And my boy GTJ came up and was like, Hey, look, I can play basketball. Um, And so, yeah, it's one of those where it, it, in a similar vein, looking in the past, it it was the people that, and I talked to this guy at a basketball game, Wanted to trade Lamarcus because we had JJ, JJ, not JJ Redick, uh, JJ Hickson, JJ Hickson. Yeah, I think you were at this game with me, but you weren't. It was one. I went out for a uh, break uh, at halftime, and this guy was adamant that we should trade Lamarcus because we had JJ Hickson. Wow, and I, I mean, again, it was one of those. Oh, I'm talking to somebody who actually, yes, you weren't with me because I was talking to the guy and I was making incredible arguments and sense. Not to pat my, I'm serious. Like I was citing information, why this would be a terrible idea, da 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 da. I got back to the seat and I looked at you and I was like, I just had the experience that you have at the time talking to a moderate baseball fan about baseball in that they had this hot take that was just completely wrong, like completely wrong and going all the knowledge I have right now is wasted on this person if for no other reason that they want to do this dumb trade. Now we could going to trade LaMarcus and got LeBron. Yeah, sure. Fine. Right, but don't say it's because J. J.
0: J Hickson. <laughs> yeah. JJ Hickson, who's out of the league in three years, um, and played in uh China and then Lebanon. So uh yeah. you know, best of luck to him, of course. I'm glad glad he's getting work, but you know, he was out of the NBA uh in just a matter of a couple of years, like by his age twenty-seven season, he was out of the yeah. NBA. So
1: you know But, yeah, it's a very similar thing of like the wanting to trade either the star or the secondary or somebody who doesn't which i don't understand cj's personality wise is a perfect robin to dame's batman uh i mean honestly i kind of all kind of give another dc reference it's a little bit more like batman and uh night uh uh, nightwing where it's Uh like oh dame's better dame's batman uh, you know he CJ can hold his own CJ can hold his own he's not you know a little brother thing he's like no no I can protect a smaller city you know just so Batman doesn't have to go so far you were looking at me really weird like wow I'm not really following that reference I, I know who Nightwing
0: is <laughs> I've just uh, I've reached I've reached my quota of uh, of, of DC references in a uh... In our basketball podcast. (laughs) Especially since we were making an Aquaman joke earlier. It's pretty fantastic. Um, God, you're right. Yeah. Well, CJ, actually, there was an article on The Athletic just today about CJ and Dame working on their defense. That's good news. Uh, Dame also had uh, talked a little bit about the Blazers just going for it this season and how he's pushed. You know, he's he's 30 now. This is is a season. You you know, we can't – we don't have a lot – of years of peak, Dame left, unless he gets whatever the blood treatment LeBron gets. You know, and Dame can't get bigger. LeBron got bigger. Like, Dame doesn't have the option to go like full power forward.
1: No, no. Like he just, he's a point guard and he can play till he's 40. Like, I do believe that Dame has a skill set that could age well enough. He could play for another 10 years if he wants to, or you know, he doesn't get injured, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, he's but we've only got like, yeah, we've got two seasons, yeah. I mean, Dame the elite scorer is
0: is not going to last forever. Dame, Dame the the effective distributor and and three point sharpshooter, like, I I could see him playing a long time, but you know, he's not going to be able to drive to the rim with this level of usage forever Uh,
1: no i said two seasons and so uh and he talked about this in the piece it was a again you and i are both pretty big fans of the athletic um and a former beat writer for the trailblazers for the local newspaper here in portland the oregonian jason quick signed on with the athletic and he's the blazers beat writer for the athletic which maybe we should have a podcast where we talk about the sports writing of the athletic and how it was weird how it kind of all came about uh and like oh we're just getting all the really really good sports writers we can think of under one banner and letting them write whatever they want it's actually pretty cool but oh we have to pay for it though (laughs) i mean look i pay for i pay for that i pay for the
0: uh the the former deadspin um guys at the, what is it, Defector, uh, Defector and the Distraction Podcast, which I recommend highly to anybody who thinks podcasts are fun. Uh, Yeah, look, this stuff's good, it's worth paying for, and you're not going to, you're not going to hear from me. I mean, I love, I love my free stuff, but you know, um, I'm all about paying your writers and, and paywalls are unfortunately one of the ways the internet can pay their writers without doing just Terrible clickbait garbage, you know, uh, uh zergnet outbrain, whatever the the like did you know that drivers in Oregon can save hundreds of dollars with one weird trick,
1: Seth? Yeah, I heard about this. I've also, never and I on don't it. know, I
0: don't know if it's the same weird trick that helps you clean out your bowels, but I bet it is.
1: Because the answer is going to be motor oil. <laughs> Just, Uh, just, just take that to the dome. Just go for it. Mm, Um, Good stuff. uh, But in the article that Jason Quick wrote, he was Dame was pretty adamant. Like that, he got Olshay on the phone and said, "Dude, what are we waiting for? Um, And if we're gonna do it, let's do it." And uh, I appreciate that Dame is that self-aware, like, I, I don't know if you have that too often in sports superstars across the board. Maybe you do more so now. I mean, it's the cliche of the young black athlete getting a paycheck and blowing it on dumb things. Like, I don't think that's a thing that happens as much anymore. Um, and it was definitely a narrative pushed by, you know, really, racist white writers <laughs> um worst guys who still have jobs all of them yes uh that have no impotence or not impotence uh any inkling of social justice in their body uh probably pushing that narrative because it's only like three steps removed from the welfare queen narrative if you ask me um so yeah i don't think there's a lot of the guys out there but the the level of self-awareness of Dame going, I'm 30 years old. I can do this for, I can do this at this high of a level for another three years in the way that I take care of my body and that I approach the game and, you know, barring any bad things happening three years, I can operate at this level. Let's do something. And that's super cool uh and also super cool that neil neil o'Shea just went got it and he did stuff it wasn't about rocks roster flexibility it wasn't about oh we can make this you know look what we're set up for next year look how we're doing this it's like no that those times are over
0: yeah we're running out of next years you know yeah yeah we don't have
1: many not with this core and you know like by the before we are fifty, which is way closer than either of us want to admit, uh, the Blazers are going to go through a complete teardown and rebuild, and hopefully come back to some level of uh, you know relevance. You know, we're both thirty-eight now. i like in a ten-year time, we're going to witness this. I hope sooner than forty-eight. Uh, I hope that they go for it this year, and it works. And they try it again. And you know, the last year of Damon CJ's contracts, they go, "You guys go find rings somewhere else." will thank you for your service, and and we start the rebuild there. I mean, sure, try to trade them and get assets. Sure, fine, but yeah. I I'd, I'd rather them leave as uh unrestricted free agents and uh, all of us going, hey guys, thanks for the thanks for the memories. And you know, uh, God bless. I want them to Kevin Garnett that. Like again, Kevin Garnett, one of my least favorite players in <laughs> basketball history, not because of his skill set. It's because of his faux tough guy attitude. Like he's probably a really nice man in general. I don't know. Uh but the whole, I'm going to push your buttons until you foul me and then I'm going to act like you ripped my head off kind of thing, that's a tough guy thing. Like, like, you know, Michael Jordan would have probably punched him in the head if he tried that shit, <laughs> if the league was still able to do that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I don't condone violence necessarily, but, man, Sometimes you like, man, one of these guys getting smacked would be really cool. I can't I was so,
0: still stuck on uh, I'm still stuck on the idea of, of the Blazers being real bad in like five years and like that being a different kind of enjoyable experience. And then you're right. I would like that I would like them to be real bad with with either like like settle it settled it, like settling down Dame like Dame who's like spending even more time on his rap career than his basketball career. Um, yeah. Or uh you know just like just enjoying himself just you know taking weird shots and uh with like four young guys just like Maria Hazonia all over the place. It'd be yeah you know, like I, I don't mind a, like, I don't mind a bad bad team. I can root for a bad bad team. I just you know I, you're right. Like I, I wanted to go for it right now. I don't like the mediocre, you know, make the eighth seed every year sort of thing that that sucks, but yeah, go for it. See, see what heights you can reach and then it when, when it doesn't work, then break it all down and play a bunch of guys that, uh, that, that couldn't make the bullets or the, the wizards.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, at least you can say you tried. I mean, that's the, I, I know that's a small consolation, but you don't have anything holding you back at that point. You know, <laughs> as a player, I would assume. You can sit there and go, man, my team went for it. My my ownership and my general manager, they gave me the pieces that I needed that were available. Yeah, would Dame like Giannis on, his, on the wing? Sure. Who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, but, you Brooklyn? know, this is... No, no, they'd take him on the wing starting three uh big three of Kyrie Irving, Katie and Giannis that just scares me but
0: actually I think that team would be dysfunctional as hell but we'll get into that in a second well I think well and Kyrie's this is just, this, okay, this is sorry. a perfect perfect segue to our next bit because you know speaking of teams that like didn't quite make it but like were really good for a really long time had you know had one of the most amazing general managers in the sport of basketball who really changed the game. Um, The Houston Rockets
1: just (laughs) traded
0: um, Russell Westbrook to uh, the Washington Wizards for John Wall. Uh, John Wall, like we said, hasn't played basketball, you know, hasn't played on an NBA court for two years. Uh, Westbrook won it out after last year, just one season after the Rockets gave up way too much to trade for him <laughs> and get rid of Chris Paul who I'm sorry I'm like I, I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan but I would like every day every day I would, I would rather oh. have Chris Paul on my team than Russell Westbrook I'm sorry
1: I'm a relatively positive Chris Paul as a player like his game I love his game he's a little the way he conducts himself during a game isn't always my favorite yeah but he's also the president of the players union and that guy fights for like them to get paid and i i respect that
0: yeah i mean um, he also fights for some like weird like old guy max contracts that like he gets but yeah he's he's a good guy yeah.
1: he's pro labor I'm, I'm
0: into that and uh yeah, yeah. He, he watching him play watching him play is fun watching him Complain to refs is irritating, and I hated it even when he was on the clips. But you yeah. know, you know, good, good guy. I still think he's. He, I mean, he went to OKC and made them pretty good, even though they like lost Chris Paul. Like somehow that team was almost just as good lost, as they were. Lost Russell Westbrook. Oh, sorry. Lost Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Gained Chris. That's Paul where. Or, yeah, there you go. Uh, you right. know, Chris Paul went there. They got better. You know, Westbrook went to Houston and. Houston stayed the same. I mean, they got rid of all their centers.
1: Well, I, I meant more in just the way that they have played. Like they're they're a very good basketball team, and I think I was the last person to grudgingly respect <laughs> James Harden on as a basketball fan. Like, look, I didn't. I still don't necessarily like James Harden. And I don't necessarily like the drawing of the foul and just getting fouled on everything. And, but you know what? When you average 35 points a game for a season or whatever he was at when he got the scoring title, you have to take notice and go, okay, something's happening here. He is, he might not be the most fun player to watch in the league, but he is.
0: Extremely good at the job he does
1: Oh yeah And yeah you want to Hate him but and you still Can (laughs) but You gotta tip your Hat to the guy and just Be like man I don't like Him I don't know if I'd want him on my team but That man can put the ball in The hoop statistically Better than anybody else right Now (laughs) you know Just like he can do it I can't Uh, Remember was it it
0: was last was it last year or it might have been the year before? Uh, I think it might have been LeBron's first year in the Lakers. There was the Lakers-Rockets game, and there was a scuffle. And uh,
1: Oh, yeah, that was when Brandon Ingram uh, took a swing. Right, so that was LeBron's at, first year. Yeah, uh, Brandon Ingram took a swing. I can't remember he took a swing at, but I remember there was a scuffle there was a scuffle he may have tried to take a swing at chris paul and chris paul was like young boy yeah i get you your paycheck in negotiations and i think he did a quick little uh it was a little scuffle there and then very quickly james harden is like over talking to lebron like i ain't getting. Oh, you know, James Harden goes to
0: the free throw line to take his technical free throw. Like, he's just like, he's just going over, like, he's like, nah, this is, this is not the part of the game I'm here for. Like, I am here to make my shots. (laughs) I'm here to hold the ball for the first 20 seconds of the shot clock and then figure something out at the end. Like, uh, but it seems like he might be on his way out of Houston and like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he was on the Thunder before he went to Houston, but I don't know how he's going to look in another uniform. I don't – he says he wants to go to Brooklyn. I don't think Brooklyn has the touches for him, to be honest.
1: I don't think they have the touches for him. Uh, So I was listening to um, the Hoops Adjacent podcast this this morning with David Aldridge, who's uh, a writer with The Athletic and also uh, the – kind of the DC sports writer. If you followed sports for a number of years, you've heard his name at least. He's written for everybody. He's, I don't know if he's the, uh, you know, NBA's version of Joe Posnanski, but probably close. And just how long he's been at it and how well-respected he is. Um, they were talking to the uh, play-by-play guy for the Nets, and somebody pointed out, it's like Kyrie couldn't figure out how to share the ball with LeBron. How the hell's he gonna do it with James Harden? And I, that's where I land with it. Like KD and James Harden can play together; they already did. They went to a finals together, right? And Sam Presti did something really stupid. Um,
0: and you also have like you know they didn't know who. How is he gonna get to? How's Durant gonna fit in with Golden State? It's like well. They're good, they'll be better. Like it turns out there's
1: enough basketball to go around. Uh, But you know what? You know what makes less touches better for players? Winning basketball games. Like spacing. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, less touches is like, man, I'm not getting to play as much, but you know what feels really good? This NBA trophy that I have. Right. You know, so. Yeah, I think it's a, it might be one of those things where those of us that are not star athletes put our insecurities uh, on them as human beings and they're fallible. They're human beings. They're going to do similar stuff to us, but not in the same way. We would get upset that that guy is, you know, doing the job that we wanted to do but I think they have a little bit more meta look at it going, yeah, he is. Man, I could sit 10 minutes more a game, and oh, I'm an NBA champion. Yeah. Like, yeah I, I think there's a little bit of I'm a dude that goes into it and alpha male stuff, but I don't know if it's that as much as writers would make it out to be. Well, and there's also, I do
0: think that KD kind of has a, uh, he is an interesting case of a guy who kind of went to Brooklyn because he wanted to prove he could do it without
1: like joining the team that like beat him in the finals. I I, I really don't understand Kevin Durant's mindset. Um, no, in no. any way, shape, or form. Um,
0: First of all, I am neither rich nor famous nor good at basketball. Uh, that yeah. is why I do not have a burner account. Uh, where I go and name search myself uh, and get into the mentions of someone else. I might have that. Like, look, I'm an anxious dude with, you know, insecurities. I could that could manifest itself that way if I was rich, famous, and good at basketball. But I don't have to worry about that because I am not rich, I am not famous, and I am awful at basketball. So I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Uh, But yeah, he does seem like, He's he he takes stuff pretty personally, uh, and he uses it for
1: motivation. Like he remembers, yeah. Like I again, it was, it, you know, we have we've had this conversation throughout our sports fandom in every single league. You and I have had the whole like, which player would you want mad at you least? Kind of you know debate. Um. Kevin Durant could destroy me on a basketball court and in any other kind of physical, uh, you know, prowess kind of thing. But I wouldn't fear for my life with Kevin Durant if I made him mad. I'd fear for my life if I made some NBA players mad. Maybe I'm being naive, and that's fine. Uh, I feel like KD would post about it. Yeah, whereas, like, look, I'm not the biggest Draymond fan, but I feel if I made Draymond Green mad enough, you'd regret
0: I, it. You'd regret I, it. I'm just say it. You'd like, regret it.
1: Like, I'd, I'd regret that. I'd regret that. You don't know.
0: Um, you don't know how the hand, of, you know, the the whatever from on high is going to come
1: down. But like, it, it's coming down. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, let's talk about, you know, we can talk about a little bit of NBA history. Do you want to piss Ron Artest off? <laughs> Ron Artest who has still to this day maybe my favorite uh, quote and I'm going to it's not verbatim, but it was back in 08 or 0809 uh when the Blazers played the Rockets in the playoffs and uh, Artest was on the Rockets. And Dame dropped 40 on him for the Blazers to win. And Ron Artest, who was one of the best on-ball defenders of that era, said, "Oh yeah, the last guy to score 40 points on me was from high school. It was in high school. He stabbed a guy, and he's in prison now. (laughs) Like that." (laughs) Oh,
0: meta world peace.
1: Oh, I love that, buddy. Uh, thank you. for. I, I was like, should I call him Ron or should I call him Meta? I yeah, won't Come on. Won't look, look,
0: you know what? I appreciate the weirdness of that dude. He's, uh, you know, Malice of the Palace or whatever. Like, sure. He's made some mistakes, clearly. But you know what? Oh, yeah. uh, fantastic defender, fun guy. Uh, and that, that like, you're right, that's one of the best post-game interviews ever. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, Oh, another one that I thought of when they won the title in 2010, when he was with the Lakers. Uh, first of, I don't think I've ever seen anybody so happy to win. Like LeBron was relieved when he won it in Miami, and he won it in Cleveland. It was like a, I'm, I'm crying kind of relief. Metal World Peace was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanked his therapist in the post game interview, and it was just amazing. Anyways, that was a little bit of a side note, but I still love those stories. Yeah, but you know,
0: as we're saying, I'm not sure where you put James Harden. You know, dude's a MVP player. He can score crazy, but I don't know where where he could be traded. First of all, he's got big big money. Uh, you yeah, know, well, yeah. obviously he's got a fit. Into the cap somewhere. Uh, he takes a lot of touches. You you have to build your team around him. Like he's not he's not a complimentary piece. I mean, don't get me wrong, if James Harden, like you put him on you know, the dream team, you put him on the US national team or whatever, having James Harden just like be your sharpshooter that can just you can never be left alone. Like, you know, sure, I can see how that works, but he he had, in Houston, he gets to run that the team the kind of the way he wants he can disappear on defense you know that they, they're just built around him mm-hmm. cooking on offense doing his isolation thing which like we said isn't pretty to watch but dude scores a lot of points it's effective it's effective well it's effective in the regular season it's one of those i don't know if this if their shit works in the off season like other previous money ball uh iterations uh in other sports uh, you know i don't know if how how it works I don't know if he's got, like, a championship in him, but, I mean, maybe it's not happening well, in, in Houston.
1: So, uh, we'd have to check, but, I mean, they've been in the Western Conference Finals, like, two times during the Warrior dominance, I think. Maybe Three. They were in it definitely once, but I feel like there was two where they like where they've been in there. Yeah, let me take a look here. Because there was one where there was a shot that they could have knocked out the Warriors, but it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, they've been in there twice in the Harden era, in 15 and in 18. Uh, Wow, oh, I forgot about Kevin McHale.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Zombie Lurch. Oh man. Good old Kevin McHale. Uh good guy. Uh yeah. So no, they they've they've just, you know, they got run over, you know,
1: we knocked him out of the playoffs. You know, stuff happens. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they also did run up against, you know, one of the best dynasties in recent memory, you know, the warriors were legit. You know, maybe they will be again. I don't know, but with clay going down, but the warriors were very, very, very good. And we haven't seen a team like them since.
0: No, I mean, they went to the finals five years in a row. They won three of those. Three out of five. Yeah. Pretty good. A pretty good team. Um, Yeah. You know, think it's fair to say they're all right um yeah they're, they're just that it sucks for the rockets that that yeah they just kind of ran into uh you know the great buzzsaw that was you know, when there's a lineup called the death lineup uh that you have to face in the playoffs um and a team that gets better in the playoffs like they the warriors uh at their best or they were better than anyone else especially when it was playoff time so it just made it, it. made none of the games seem like they mattered for a couple of years. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, am really sad about all the injuries, of course, because I don't like players getting hurt. But it is fun to see other teams win. Although, juggernaut number two with the Lakers isn't exactly my um, idea of a good time. But yeah. you know the 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 Steph Warriors have been just inevitability.
1: Uh, uh, the first year it was great. Like The first year that they won was great. And then not them, but fans uh, really started annoying me that were bandwagoning onto the Warriors who had never cared about the Warriors in the past, uh, saying things like, Steph's so much better than LeBron. And it's like, look, I didn't like the decision either. Yeah, that was what <laughs> I was saying at that point. And I know I brought up and I was like, look, I didn't like what he did either, but the guy is the best basketball player that we have seen since Michael Jordan. Whether or not he's better, I'll leave that for the I'll leave that for history to decide. But yeah, Michael, Kobe, LeBron. Like nobody's been even remotely close to those three guys in our lifetime. And yeah, Steph's great. Steph is Steph, great. Steph's fantastic. He's an awesome player. He is player. the best shooter that we have ever seen. But he is not the most dominant basketball player that we have seen throughout the course of our lives and history, really. But
0: Yeah. So, anyways, we don't know where Harden's going. I think that's what we're going to say is, like, I don't know where he fits. He is a great player, but I just don't. I, as much as he has changed the game of basketball like almost single handedly, it's funny to not see a spot that really fits for him um, in today's NBA. So,
1: no, unless he goes to like a small market that has cap space that could do a ton of stuff at the trade deadline by mortgaging first round picks for the next 30 years.
0: Then, then you're talking like he's just going to be an albatross, like, because, like, again, he's not getting any younger, and again, his stuff. Well, I was
1: thinking that they would use those future first round picks to bring in other people, oh, okay? Them. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, so... you know, okay, can I see a scenario where he goes to the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, well, now they got rid of the Batum contract and uh, have that. Elongated over the next three years. I don't know. Maybe they have some cap space that they could throw around and future draft picks. And then we have LaMelo and Harden leading an Eastern Conference resurgence in Charlotte. Who knows? Do you think, uh, because like, do you think Jordan will like that? No. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think Jordan's trying to figure out a way to like de age himself like a movie and get back on a court like honestly like great players don't necessarily make the best coaches or executives and you know while i think that michael jordan could explain everything that he does i don't (laughs) think he could teach it yeah michael
0: jordan when you're that when you're that guy uh it's not simple to do the normal things that normal people do
1: Yeah. That's why he drinks his tequila
0: in weird khakis or whatever. Or Uh, (laughs) jeans. God bless him.
1: So, I I mean, I think that was everything that we were going to that we had slated to talk about tonight. Yes. Uh, So we should mention uh, we mentioned before things to do on slow news days because we are trying to make this a weekly podcast. Right. So I came up with an idea to uh just see how crazy my 51 win thing was kind of (laughs) and this is actually inspired by you will and something that you did uh many many years ago uh it was the first year you did fantasy baseball 2007 2007 but one of the things you did was there was a three-person league so you guys were I don't know exactly how you're doing it, but one of the things that you did was you compared your team and everybody else to the 2007 Boston Red Sox, (laughs) which were like a video game uh, during 2007. And if I remember correctly, the 2007 Boston Red Sox beat all three of your teams. Yeah. Like on paper. Which for, for
0: any listener who's like well, what does that even mean like it, usually you can tell the strength of a a fantasy team by how how many teams are in the league. so like we were playing in a three team league which is as strong as strong as you could possibly get like you can't like, i mean there's gonna be two of us in this one but you don't get much Technically more concent- four. Oh, Technically right. four. you don't get much more concentrated power. Uh, yeah. Than you do with a team that's like, you know, the, the, in like a three team league. And yet there was one team in the 30 team league that is the Major League, you know, Major League Baseball that was better than any of our three compartments of like three other teams. Like it's insane. Of
1: best players. Right. Uh, and how big were your rosters at that point?
0: They're big enough. I can't. I,
1: yeah. It, yeah. Well, lost in the sands way, of time. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, So we're going to actually create a fantasy league, and the smallest league we can make with ESPN is four teams. So I will manage a team. Will will manage a team. There will be the team that we manage together, I guess, just kind of this random one. And then the other team will just be the Portland Trailblazers. And we're going to see how the Portland Trailblazers stack up against our fantasy teams. Reason that are things that will happen. No blazer could be on any of the fantasy teams, just by the way that the rules work for ESPN. And also, this is so we don't have to enter things manually. Because uh, I like my wife. You like your wife?
0: Yeah, I also yeah. I've got two kids and two
1: podcasts to, to keep going. I do not. know. Yeah, have, I do not well, While time. I might be unemployed, that might not be the same thing next week. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and also I don't want to. Um, so we will uh, have this Rose City Colored Glasses Fantasy League to update you about and talk about throughout the course of the season. We'll do the draft off mic because probably be pretty boring to hear us pick players
0: there are fun ways to do fantasy drafts over a podcast the one where you draft players for an actual fantasy team is not the fun way of doing it
1: no 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 uh so yeah we're gonna do that so that'll be a little uh weekly feature that we have throughout the season and uh to our two listeners out there uh if you have any other ideas for us we are not above farming ideas Uh, At this point. Yeah, no,
0: for sure. uh, Give us an email at our email at rosecityglasses at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, I have another podcast. It's called The List Movie Podcast. I do it with my friends, Jacob and Nick. And we talk about weird movies. It's very hilarious and funny. I think it's pretty good. Uh, So you can find that wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, I'm at y-u-s-e-b-i-o and all the stuff but i don't really use it very much but that's great too so you got any plugs seth we, uh no this time like that would be eat. a really you know if you're looking for somebody to come in uh you know licensed massage therapy uh, he's also you know a pre-med uh pre-med oh yeah nurse. yeah yeah oh yeah, that'd
1: be great if one of the two people could get me a job <laughs>
0: because i'm sure that, that anybody listening to this doesn't know us already. Yeah, nobody's, the, nobody's finding this on accident. Uh, all
1: right, uh, yeah, let's let's be honest. Those two downloads, it's Nick and Jacob.
0: Right, well, one of them's me, one of them's probably Nick, yeah. Well,
1: you said me. there were three, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I also listened to it in my browser, so there could be two for me.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Let's I was going to say like you Nick should feel Jacob. free to
0: listen to it.
1: Yeah you should feel free. Don't, don't
0: like, like, yes, you might be padding it, but like, whatever it is, like we, it, it's not a big deal. So
1: anyways. Try to get our other friends to listen to it just cause that's like the new way of like, Hey, will you come to my performance art? Uh, in uh, my performance art, uh, my performance, uh, I'm doing a one man show about the life of the guy that discovered uh, how to make cheese. <laughs> Uh, Which see, actually I'd probably go watch You but, could just
0: download our podcast and never listen to it And you've done us a favor I think I don't, I don't really understand how podcasting I, I know how podcasting works because I do it But I don't understand that part of it Like I just like to talk to my friends Over
1: the internet Yeah it's funny like our favorite One of our favorite podcasts that both of you and I have Like it started out in a very similar way To what you and I are doing Just two friends talking about Something that they're both passionate about and they just like happenstance got an interview with Ars Technica. Um, I think one of the guys probably knew somebody at Ars Technica at that point. But yeah, I mean, sometimes, um, but also sometimes you tap into the
0: zeitgeist of the moment, and, you know, whatever. So, anyways, yeah. but uh, we don't need this to be our full time job. So, no, we don't. And I'm <laughs> probably going to cut out like 90% of this, but I've been Will. That's been Seth. You've been listening to Rose City Colored Glasses. And until next time, let's go Blazers. (laughs) See you next week, all.